Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. Happy Wednesday to everybody. It's June the 2nd, and we have another big show coming up for you today. Our special guest is Brian Walker. He is from the D-Backs Academy, and that group has trained in the past Darnay Holmes. It's trained uh, Jabril Peppers, and I believe they're going to be training with Brian again this summer in between the break uh, before training camp. And I believe they're also going to be joined by Xavier McKinney. All that's tentative, obviously, but Brian is someone who is familiar with the Giants defensive back. He's watched a lot of film. And Brian was kind enough to come on with us to talk about what he has seen from those young defensive backs and what the future is and actually gave a really, really good uh, insight into how his training, meaning Brian's training and his experience in the arena league kind of helps guys in the NFL. So all that is coming up on today's Locked on Giants program, which is brought to you in part by Peacock and Williamson. The Peacock and Williamson podcast is hosted by former NFL scout Matt Williamson and NFL analyst Brian Peacock. And they are on the air every Monday through Friday, giving you the national perspective all around the NFL. Check them out. They are on the Locked On Podcast Network, available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. And at this time, I am very pleased to welcome in Brian Walker of the D-Backs Academy. You can find him on Twitter at D-Backs underscore Academy. And Brian, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brian, what I want to start off with is, is, you know, when you got these guys, when they came into you, where are some of the areas that you focused in on based on their, you know, their college tape or their previous NFL tape? I think the biggest thing, uh, starting off with Jabril, because uh, he went to Michigan and he played so many positions, I think for him, we wanted to make sure that he was able to hone in on cover skills, you know? He, uh, he was in the box a lot, and the biggest thing also was just making sure that he was you know, comfortable with covering different type of sizes, whether it was a big guy like Gronk or a smaller guy like Antonio Brown. He was, we did a lot of movements. We had a lot of um, five different receivers coming in, helping us out. You know, with Darnay, because he played strictly outside, you know, cornerback, we worked on a lot of slot because that was what they needed from him. And that's why they drafted him with the Giants. Now let's let's start with Jabril specifically though. Jabril, you said you worked with him on coverage. What are some of the things? What are some of the adjustments or, that uh, you know primarily a box guy um, has to make as far as you know what what does he have to work on in order to make that smoother transition to be more effective in coverage? For him, for him, um, what he has to for him what he, what he has to do is uh, he has. For him, what he has to do is he has to make sure that he's able to move around and, and work on mobility and flexibility. A lot of times with football guys, we get consumed with, uh, you know, lifting and, and making sure we're, we have the weight and the strength, but we don't really run as much and stretch and work on our hips. 
become almost become a sprinter, a track sprinter. Okay. And, and what about, you know, we hear about angles all the time, taking angles to the ball carrier, to the ball. I mean, it's obviously, I think, got to be easier when you're going straight ahead as opposed to when you're dropping in coverage and just trying to make up or, or limit the amount of cushion you're giving to a guy. Yeah, so angles are important. Anything in, in the sport is about angles. So I always try to tell the guys, if you're dealing with a faster guy, you have to give a little cushion and make sure you have a proper angle to guard him. So, you know, in regards to Jabril, he is explosive. So a lot of his angles, sometimes he can overplay it or may overrun it, but he was very patient and uh, just understanding where you're at on the field. That's the importance of angles, you know? If you, so that was the biggest thing, understanding your field position down and distance and just preparing yourself for the next play. Now, I remember last year, um, I think you had mentioned or it was written that the, the goal with Jabril was to kind of not turn him into a cornerback, but give him those skill that skill set. When you watched him on the field for the Giants last year, did you see a lot of that coming through, or is, is he still kind of in the infancy stages of, of developing that aspect? No, you know what? He's always had it. You know, the biggest thing was just a lot of times it, it depends on the reps. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's about being permanent. So the biggest thing we worked on was, you know, just bringing it out. You know, like I said, he played so many positions, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. He never got a chance to hone it. And this, well, last summer was probably the best opportunity for him to hone his skills, especially with a new staff. He can come in and bring, you know, his own abilities. But, um, yeah, he showed a lot of it. Even from guarding Gronk, who's, you know, who's guarded by the best defenders, to, uh, to playing free safety. He showed a lot of his DB skills and, and cornerback skills. And in terms of, you know, how the Giants deployed him last year, did you see much of a difference versus how he was deployed, say, for example, in his first few years at Cleveland? I did. I saw at Cleveland, they had him 30 yards back, it almost seemed like. And, you know, this is a guy all through high school who played, like I said before, so many different positions, whether it was, you know, linebacker, safety, cornerback. 30 yards back is, is a hard adjustment when you've been so five yards or 10 yards to the line of scrimmage. So I felt like they allowed him to do his strength and, uh, you know, play the line of scrimmage, be free, freelance, almost like a Troy Palomalu. So especially with that defense coming from New England, you can tell they play to the player's strengths. Yeah, and that's something I'd, I'm not so sure, you know, at least speaking from the Giants' perspective, maybe not as much the case in, in, you know, prior to this coaching staff. So um, have you heard back from Jabril regarding, you know, getting to work with Jerome Henderson, who, of course, is a former NFL player, and just, you know, kind of the coaching that, that he got from him as well? Yeah, I mean, he, he's one, they've all raved about him, and um you know, they're just excited for the next chapter. You know, the, I think the biggest thing for them now is just, you know, adding no, more pieces and, and, and finishing what they started last year. 
All right, Giant fans, plenty more coming up with Brian Walker here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Check out Built Bar. Built Bar has nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Eating a delicious Built Bar is like eating a candy bar, minus the guilt, as most of their milk chocolate covered bars have about 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. Indulging on a low-carb, low-sugar treat never tasted so good. And right now, when you visit BuiltBar.com, you can save 15% off your order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. And we are speaking again with Brian Walker. He is with the D-Backs Academy. It's a group that has trained some of the New York Giants defensive backs, Jabril Peppers, Darnay Holmes. This year, uh, they're hoping to get those guys back as well as Xavier McKinney. And of course, they've worked with uh, high school, college defensive backs and other NFL defensive backs. So Brian is really into training and has done a great job with those guys. And folks, this particular segment is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have an extensive collection that's easily searchable online for dozens of auto manufacturers, makes, and models, all at competitive pricing. So get what you need for your car or truck delivered straight to your door from rockauto.com. And be sure to write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. That's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we get back to our conversation now with Brian Walker about the Giants defensive back. Now let's talk a little bit about Darnay Holmes, who, you know, the, he was the slot cornerback for them last year. Not really a position I, I think he played a lot of in college. What's the biggest adjustment from a, for a guy who primarily played on the perimeter to come down into the slot? The biggest adjustment now is that understanding there's more field. Usually when you're on the outside, you have the sidelines to help you. So the biggest adjustment for him was just making sure that he recognizes where his help is, where if he's by himself or, you know, just understanding now you can sometimes change and, and become a linebacker where you got to get to the curl to flat, you know, and cover three. So just, just knowing his position, knowing where his help is and, and knowing who he's covering. A lot of the guys inside are very, very quick and very, uh, you know, change of direction is, is their, is their plus. So you have to be smart on how you move. And of course, you know, changing positions, which is, it almost sounds like is what Darnay went through um, to a degree last year without having the benefit of, of doing it against live reps. I mean, that had to be a challenge for him. What are some of the things you were able to do to kind of simulate those live reps with him and, and get him, you know, to where he was now managing the field, the, the extra field that he suddenly had in a better, you know, in a better way? Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, the game has changed because, you know, football is not eye formation anymore. Everything's spread out and everything's really, really quick. So it benefited me because I was I played arena football, which is similar to now what the game is. Quick passes, lots of receivers, a lot of movement, you know, a lot of motion. So I just kind of gave them tips and drills on when I did indoor football and just threw receivers, threw things at him, made sure that his hips were, were fluid, made sure that he had to react and respond accordingly and just understand that sometimes you may not need to backpedal. Sometimes you may need to choose a side, but eliminate, take away the quickest thing, which is the inside route. 
and then you have every opportunity to play a route and understand what, what level of the route is going to happen. That's an interesting point you bring up that, you know, you were able to correlate the playing in the arena league to, you know, just training Darnay to, to better, you know, make use of the field around him. I mean, what other things are there? What other similarities are there to, to playing indoors versus, you know, what Darnay was asked to do in this defense? Well, now you, you have more athletes on the field, like arena football, you know, you have so many different guys who can move around, so you don't want to run into each other and it's, it's a lot smaller, but you know, that quarterback gets rid of the ball quicker. As you can see, a lot of the quarterbacks aren't six five and and standing in the pocket a lot. You have guys who move around. So arena football, a lot of quarterbacks are athletic. They get rid of the ball within like two seconds. So it's just, just understanding that that ball is not going to be there for so long and you just can't sit. you got to respond. I always tell them, too, that since the ball is getting rid of it fast, the receiver is not going to give you 50 million routes. He's got to get to his spots. Similar to the West Coast offense, it's a timing. It's a get to your spot. So just understanding that the quarterback is getting pressure and you got to know where you got to be to make a play. Now, having seen Darnay go through that first year in, in a somewhat new position, I mean, what did you think of him? Where does he still have room to grow? For him, um, sky's the limit. He is a kid who and who's humble, who's, you know, focused. Uh, the, the room to grow, I, I see the next step is, you know, becoming a pro bowler, uh, maybe even stepping on the outside, you know, and, and, and having certain levels of success there. You know, I he's one of those guys where he gets better. He asks questions. You know, the la- the game that we had against uh, Seattle with Lockett, who was one of the best slot receivers, Darnay and I, we broke it down. And, you know, even if he didn't need the help, he, he still asked me questions on what's the best way. And he did a great job. That was one of the surprise games for the NFL with the Giants beating Seattle. So, And he was, he was a big part of that. Because Lockett did have like 200 yards against uh, the previous team. I think the Cardinals, matter of fact. Yeah, and th- and they're a they're a, a, a staunch defense, the Cardinals. Now, but in terms of Darnay, they brought in um, Aaron Robinson, a third round pick, to c- compete with him. He was a, a slot cornerback in college. I mean, what does Darnay have to do? Is there something specific he needs to work on to give him the upper hand over a third round pick? I, I just think experience is always the best upper hand, you know, and hard work, um, like anything. I think the more competition, you better you get. You know, so uh, one thing I've known just being around Darnay and Jabril, competition is embraced. I mean, these are guys who went to uh, a brand name school, so I'm sure they saw five star recruits every year. So it's nothing new. I think it's just a better opportunity to become a better team, you know. So why not? You know, I, I think these young men embrace it and it can only get you better. Yeah, they say our iron sharpens iron. You know, one of the things that always amazed me about Darnay is, you know, a lot of people knock them for his size. And, you know, the size is what it is. I mean, you're not going to grow anymore at this point. But Darnay always struck me as someone who played larger than his size. You know, he, he was a little bit, you know, fe- he, he was fearless, I thought. I thought he was, you know, he, he wouldn't let these bigger guys bully him. I mean, is, is that just a mindset or is that something you saw develop in him as you trained him? That's a mindset. He comes from a football family background. He's from Pasadena, which is like a football town. You know, he's a California guy. So, you know, he has a lot of toughness in him. 
you know, um, the biggest thing I've always said, he's a man of faith. So he speaks on what he, he does, you know, he's about his action. But um, he's not, I always tell guys, he's not the smallest, we think. I mean, he's about 5'10", and he looks a good 190. You know, he's the same size as um, Cliff Harris, um, D'Angelo Hall, a lot of these guys who are Pro Bowl cornerbacks, you know, and during the time, 5'10 was actually average size. You know, Darrell Revis is around 5'10". So, you know, the narrative a lot of times can be, you know, different depending on the eyes, but he's not the smallest, not the biggest, but his heart, you know, it speaks volumes and he's, he's one of the toughest kids I've, I've coached. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he played, he played fearlessly. Like I said, he just, you know, I, I, I was amazed because usually, especially with rookies, they come in and they're a little tentative and you watch Darnay play and, and you're like, wow, is this a rookie? The way he just attacked everything. And, uh, you know, nobody's ever going to be perfect on every snap, but you just saw the, how he was advanced <laughs> considering that it was still a, you know, a new position for him. You know, the biggest thing is he adapted, you know, and any questions he asked, Jabril helped him out. Bradbury helped him out, the coaching staff. So he was just, he, he was, he's a, he's a learner. And that's certainly what you want to hear about a young player. Sometimes young players come in from college and they think they have all the answers. So certainly a very encouraging observation piece of information there from you, Brian. Um, Giant fans, there's a lot more coming up with Brian. Before we continue our conversation, though, check out Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Use our special code LOCKEDON to sign up for an account and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, continuing our conversation with Brian Walker of the D-Backs Academy. Before we, we started recording, you mentioned that you were hopeful of seeing these guys again, you know, maybe even getting Xavier McKinney in if, you know, if, if time permitted and whatnot. Xavier McKinney last year, I mean, it, it was kind of disappointing when he broke his foot because he just seemed, I was really excited to see what he would do. But yet in a limited sample size, I thought this kid would showed a lot. I mean, when you look at his tape, what did you see from him in his limited sample size? And where's the next step in his development? Looking at his tape, I saw how fluid he was, you know, especially as a safety. I was surprised. I was like, okay, he can move around. You know, he comes from a, a really good program in Alabama, or a great program. So he, he, can, he has the capacity to take on a lot of different defenses. The biggest thing is just being healthy. And I think he has a, a chance to be very successful. You know, um, being a first-round pick, there's expectations. So, you know, um, the biggest thing I would work with him is just continuing cover skills and just being ready to cover anybody. The Giants now have three solid safeties, you know, that can potentially start. And, and I'm not even counting, you know, guys like Julian Love, who I think is just, you know, he's he's Mr. Swiss Army nice. So they've got Logan Ryan, they've got Jabril, they've got Xavier, probably the best three safety set they've had since Kenny Phillips, Antrell Roll, and Deion Grant, who were part of the 2011 Super Bowl team. 
if you're Patrick Graham, you've got this talent in front of you. I mean, I got to think that the sky's the limit with what you can do with these guys. What are some of the things that you think we might see from this defense, especially from those three safeties that maybe we haven't seen or in a while? You know, not to be, you know, in the coach's mindset, but just from seeing how he moved last year, you know, he plays chess and he is an Ivy League mind. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he has all those guys in the field, maybe even disguising things. Like I said, the versatility is important, especially in the NFL. And once again, the game has changed. It's, it's arena football in a sense where moving pieces matter. So a lot of things we're going to see, you might see a dime, a nickel package. You might see a lot of blitzing. You might even see some guys stunting and becoming D linemen. I, that wouldn't surprise me. I think um, I'm excited for what Graham is doing. He's a revolutionary, re- changing the game in the best way I know how. You know, um, and like I said, he's not afraid of competition. He's a, he's a he's a coach who embraces many pieces. So I'm excited for it. I think the platform for him is just uh, probably confusing the offenses and you know. Even like we said, when we saw against Seattle, he had Xavier and Jabril, one showing as a spy and one going in coverage. I think nowadays with so many quarterbacks who are mobile, you need pieces who can move around. And the defensive back position is one of those positions where they come in all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, and to have that collection, I mean, I think the defensive backfield has gone from from being a, w- a weakness, which it was a few years ago, to probably the strength on the team. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Bradbury. You mentioned Bradbury is kind of like a coach. Um, also, Logan Ryan obviously has that experience. He's He's kind of been the ringleader or one of the ringleaders. Uh, down in Florida, having the workout for all the DBs and bringing them together. You know, as somebody who played, you know, arena football, can you just talk a little bit about what that camaraderie and just getting all those guys together off-site and what that can do, not just in terms of off the field and strengthening relationships, but what that can do for them on the field? Well, that just builds a better bond. I think um, Logan came in with the mindset, you know, with the championship mindset. Also, you know, I say like this to Brill, Last year, especially during the pandemic, you know, he, he brought that attitude as well. And it's just domino effect. So I love what the guys are doing because now you get a chance to build chemistry before you get to camp. You know, um, as you can see, Logan and Jabril feed off each other. And, you know, as safeties, they have to be the, the leaders of the defense as well. So it just, it just allows people to be comfortable in terms of, you know, who are they around, you know, building a trust and just competing, you know. And there's probably something to be said where, you know, you're on the field and let's say Jabril's lined up next to Xavier and a situation pops up and, and, and Jabril's going to say, oh, I know what Xavier's thinking, so I'm going to do this. And he knows what I'm thinking. And it just makes for faster play, I would think. Agree. It's a trust factor, you know, um, like anything. You have to be able to understand who you're playing with, what's their strengths, what's their weaknesses. And then, you know, you have to just cover it, especially as a teammate. Football is, is, a, is a sport where you just can't do it by yourself. As you can see with Tom Brady, he's bringing many pieces. So why not have that many pieces on the defense? Right, know? right. Now, I just real quick want to ask you, have you had a chance to look at the film on the two new cornerbacks that they added, Rodarius Williams, brother of uh, Greedy Williams, I think the older brother, and uh, Aaron Robinson, as I mentioned before? I've saw a few. Uh, what I know 
is that they're both athletic in terms of, you know, hips and fluid. I think it's going to be a, a heck of a competition. The more, if they come in, you know, uh, to the workouts, I'll definitely be prepared to see what, what they want to get better at. But it's just compete. That's the biggest thing that, that stands out. I think the Giants, you know, the coaching staff is doing a great job of being, bringing guys who compete and who, who love the game. <laughs> Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned, I mean, I mentioned Julian Love briefly, but, you know, Isaac Yadam is coming back. I mean, goodness, you talk about a, a, a embarrassment of riches. The Giants just have it at that defensive backfield, and that's so important in today's game because, you know, a lot of people look at the pass rush and they say, oh, the pass rush, you know, it's not getting home. Well, if you've got guys in the back who can cover, that makes life a lot easier for the guys up front. Yes, it does. It, it allows the guys to understand that just in case that quarterback is able to move and throw the ball, there's protection in the back, there's protection in the secondary. And it just, you know, it, it just brings better opportunities for, especially for a pass rush, to know that your guy is able to uh, compete. Brian, final question for you. You know, what what do you think is realistic for this group? You know, and, and, and I'm not just talking stats because obviously interceptions are a big deal. Pass breakups are a big deal. But when you look at this, this group where they are now versus where they could potentially be whenever their season ends or postseason, fingers crossed, how much better can this group of defensive backs that the Giants have get? I think they can get, I mean, like I said before, they, they're a stacked group. But as we looked at all the Giants um, championships, usually one group is really, really strong from Lawrence Taylor with the linebackers to like Michael Strahan with the defensive line with Justin Tuck. So like this group is a, is a group where, you know, football is a, a sport where, you know, 100% injury. We all have some, some type of injuries and they're able to, you know, come in or step in and, and help out the next man while, while someone's recovering. So. It's a group who can do a lot of great things, especially with a lot of different teams with multiple receivers. As you can see, Julio might go to might go to a few, uh, you know, great tandems for receivers. So this is a group who can always cover the bases. I look at. Yeah, going to be exciting. I mean, for as good as the defense was last year, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I I had my question marks about the defense and how good they could be, but consider all things considering they finished in the top 15 in just about every major statistical category. And like you said, Patrick Graham is just an absolute wizard with some of the things he would come up with, especially I, what, what amazed me is how he would draw up a play maybe the night before or the morning of and put it in there. And those guys would just go out and you would think that he, that they had practiced it all week, which really speaks a lot to, you know, not just the skill set, but the intelligence that they have in that defensive backfield group. Oh, Patrick is an Ivy League mind, and, um, you know, he's paid his dues. And, you know, what he's doing, like I said, is the, the beauty of it is uh, he's bringing a different approach to the game. Um, and this is why diversity is needed in the coaching staff. You know, we all have different um, teachings and blessings, and I think he speaks volumes in terms of just you know, changing the platform for, for uh, especially young African-American coaches. Yeah, definitely. Well, fingers crossed they all stay healthy because that's obviously the number one thing with any football team. And uh, not just, you know, the DBs, but the entire team. We can't be having guys going down and whatnot. Brian, great stuff. Really appreciate the time. Tell everybody where they can find you, find your work, and what you got coming up. 
Yes, yeah, so you can find me at um, D-Backs Academy on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well, so D-Backs.Academy. I have a website called dbacksacademy.com. Uh, you know, next what I have coming up, I'm doing a few retreats with a few uh, NFL defensive backs and as well as high school and college. I just finished a college one. And the next step is, you know, just preparing guys, you know, become better and and uh, the best av- ability is availability, I, I always say. So, you know, just expanding the brand and making sure that everyone has the knowledge to become successful. Yeah, and hopefully you'll you'll see some of the giant defensive backs this summer. You know, d- during the downtime between uh, the end of the spring workouts and the start of mini uh, start start of reg- excuse me training camp, which is July twenty seventh. So much work to be done, and the work never stops. Right, the grind never stops. No, no, the process is important. You got to you know, you got to keep putting money in the bank. That's that's what we call it. Just keep working. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, again, thank you so much for the great insight giant fans don't forget to check out locked on today which is hosted by peter bukowski and features all the major sports news you need in under 20 minutes the locked on today podcast is available on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to come back tomorrow to the locked on giants podcast where our topic will be the Giants' best-case scenarios in 2021. I have a full list that I'm putting together for you, and we're going to talk about them on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, Giant fans, have a great one.